0: Tonight, I have a big announcement, plus lots of news on this first-year edition of Multiverse Tonight. Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Multiverse Tonight. I'm your host Thomas Townley, and uh, as you, you know, as I just said, this episode marks our first anniversary. Uh, I launched this podcast on June on uh, June sixth last year. So yeah, I know. Uh, technically, I'm recording this on the fourth, but. It's, you know, it's just the way that the calendar goes. So this is our first year anniversary, and I'd like to thank all of you who have listened to me for the past year. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's been an honor, Put you know, telling you the news. And uh, I hope to do this for a long time to come. If you'd like to uh, thank me at all, then just go over to uh, Patreon or co- or coffee.com and search for Multiverse Tonight. Also, I'll be doing a giveaway to celebrate this 1-year anniversary. Uh, so just donate on Patreon or or uh, Coffee, that's KO-FI.com, and I'll enter you into a random drawing to win an awesome box of loot. This is stuff that that I've uh, accumulated over the year, uh, brand new stuff that you know I've gotten from other loot boxes, I've gotten from conventions, and it's, it's just an awful lot of fun. I'd also like to announce that I'm going to be trying out a change of format for the month of July. Uh, the show will be split into two shows, Multiverse Tonight Comic Edition and Multiverse Tonight Sci-Fi Edition. Uh, one part will be released on Tuesday, and then the uh, second edition will be released the following Thursday. Uh, that way, you know, if uh, you want to listen just to the comics edition, you know, you can ignore the sci-fi sci-fi edition. If you just want the sci-fi edition, you can ignore the comics edition. Uh, if you like one more than the other, please contact me. You know, my you know Multiverse Tonight at multiversetonight.com. dot You know, and if you don't like it, same way, contact me Uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all you know, Alt Multiverse tonight, except for Twitter, which is at Multiverse Tom, and uh, let's uh, get on with the show. Now we start out with Star Wars news today, and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Speaking with Collider at the premiere for the Elton John biopic, Rocket Rocketman, at, was asked about getting to direct an episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. She said, quote, The God's honest truth is that I had incredible support from exec producer and director Dave Filoni and creator Jon Favreau. And the process, the prep process, and the shooting and post, and all of that, it was so incredibly collaborative and fun and grounded, and what's, and so it was just so cool. Unquote. Now, she didn't. They didn't ask her to give a lot of details about that. Like the Marvel movies, it's you know pretty much under tight wraps. But Bryce did tell them. Quote: I literally don't even think I can tease anything about the episode. I don't even think I can say which episode I did. She laughed. Yeah, no, I'm totally on lockdown. Unquote. Now. She could talk about the technical side, though, saying that Jon Favreau is pushing on emerging technologies and was, quote, really extraordinary, unquote. She was especially excited to use a volume, which is described as a large space surrounded by blue screens and tracking cameras that capture performances. Bryce told Collider, quote, there was something special that we shot in called the volume. And basically you step into it, and the naked eye, you can't tell what you are surrounded by, basically LED screens. And you feel like you're wherever the story is taking place. It's almost like this is the wrong term to use, especially for this project, but it's almost like a holodeck, unquote. It'll be interesting to see the uh, end results. Now, a year ago was our first show, and also was the first big box office disappointment for Lucasfilm, Solo, A Star Wars Story. It didn't do well enough at the box office to earn that sequel. However, some fans have taken to Twitter to ask for a Solo 2 to happen using the Twitter hashtag, MakeSolo2Happen. Solo's co-writer, Jonathan Kasdan, responded to the effort with, quote, Beyond grateful and galvanized by the hashtag makesolo 2 energy on Twitter today Means so much to everyone involved And your enthusiasm makes it possible For us to keep advocating for it Cause the maker knows There's a war story in a galaxy far, far away That's yet to be told Unquote. So, would you like to see some sort of a sequel to Solo? Maybe they could produce one that goes directly to Disney Plus They have so many avenues now Hmm. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is open And Ryan Johnson, director of The Last Jedi got hit, And his own upcoming Star Wars trilogy Got a preview tour of the park And he posted on Twitter Quote I think this is the only pick I'm allowed to post But oh my god Congrats to all the Imagineers and artists Who made this real It's frickin' unbelievable And yep, there's green milk And yep, it's delicious Galaxy's Edge Unquote. He posted that with his wristband that said he was allowed to be there until 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Now, as to why he said green milk instead of blue makes me think he might see color differently. But we have learned that they have both blue milk and green milk. Uh, the milk is actually is actually blue. It's pl- a plant-based dairy that is lactose intolerant friendly. Yay and can be soft frozen like a milkshake. Well, if you get to go, please drop us a line and tell us how it tastes. If you want a look at what's in the park, the official Disney Parks blog has images of the new guide maps that will help you navigate the area. The map identifies locations on the 14-acre park, including the Millennium Falcon and restaurants like Ronto Roasters, However, it does note that the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance attraction won't open until later this year, probably with the second phase of the park. Now, according to BuzzFeedNews.com, a movie based on the game of the same name, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, is being written by Leda Caligridis for Lucasfilm, according to three sources close to the project. The game... Is set was set at th- 4,000 years before Star Wars New Hope. Back at Star Wars Celebration in April, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy told MTV News that, quote, Yes, we are developing something to look at. Right now, I have no idea where things might fall. Caligridis would be the first woman to write a Star Wars movie. And uh, BuzzFeed News reached out to representatives for her Lucasfilm at Disney, but as expected, no comment was given. A few episodes ago, we memorialized the original Chewbacca actor, Peter Mayhew. During a recent appearance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Peter's co-star, Harrison Ford, spoke about Mayhew, saying, quote, He was a really sweet man, nice man, and he had a hard time physically. It was really hard for him to do what he did for us, what he did for all of us, and he did it with a real dignity and class. He was a real neat guy. I miss him." Harrison, we all miss him. He was a great guy. Now, let's go to the Star Trek news. Now, we have to start Star Trek news with the trailer for Star Trek Picard, so let's watch. Fifteen years ago, today, you let us out of the darkness. You commanded the greatest rescue armada in history. Then, the unimaginable. What did that cost you? Your faith? Your faith in us? your faith in yourself tell us why did you leave starfleet admiral The end is only the beginning. Now, you have to, you know, that was a great little teaser, you know. I especially like the uh, vehicles that you see, the the tractors that hover over the vineyard. And, uh, you know, we but we have to wonder, what was that mission? What, you know, why did he accept the rank of Admiral, even though uh, he, you know had advice from Captain Kirk not to take that rank. Did he, or does he have Aramodic Syndrome? Did he eventually marry Beverly? I guess we'll know soon enough. The series is now wrapped up. The first two episodes. We get this from director Hanel Culpepper's Twitter. She posted, quote, I've wrapped, and Jonathan Frakes is filming his block now. Can't wait to see a trailer with a hint of a... now, unquote. You know, can't wait to get that you know, trailer, that next trailer with the hint of a story. But we probably won't see that until Star Trek Las Vegas, which is at the end of next month, July. Now, put this in the oops file. The USS Jaeger, a chapter of Starfleet International, the Star Trek fan organization that I will admit right here and now that I'm a member of, accidentally painted a tank the wrong color. The Jaeger, which is based in West Virginia, was doing a public service project in Bluefield, West Virginia's Luteo Park. According to Vice Admiral Jerry Connor, the commanding officer of the chapter, the club had been cleaning and painting the World War II era M41 Bulldog tank for about 20 years. They decided it was in need of a new paint job and took a sample of the color to a local Bluefield merchant and purchased a couple of gallons that were supposed to match. Now, I'll let Connor's letter to the Bluefield Digley Telegraph explain from here, Quote, We were worried when we opened the containers and found something nowhere near our sample. Surely it will dry the right color, we thought, and proceeded with the prep and painting. Imagine our chagrin when it dried, not green-brown-olive, but instead bright-mustard-orange, Now, Mr. Connor then said in the letter that the club was, go- was going to obtain a new batch of paint, and had made arrangements with the city to get the tank back in the proper color. The paper went on to note that the city doesn't actually own the tank. It's owned by the National Guard. City manager Dane Rideout told the paper that, quote, The National Guard has reached out to us, and we were we are working with them to acquire historically accurate paint and the paint scheme. We want to be as historically accurate as we can be, unquote. Now, here's hoping that they find that shade. Now, I know that I normally stay out of American political news in the show, but it's not often that Star Trek and politics clash. George Takei, best known for being Mr. Sulu on Star Trek, you know, he's a living legend and outspoken advocate, tweeted on May 23rd the following quote, I'm tempted to move to Kentucky to run against Mitch McConnell, unquote. Now, Mitch McConnell, especially for those of you who uh, listen outside of America, is the Republican Senator from Kentucky, who is, the lead, who is the majority leader of the Senate and chief obstructionist. And uh, he has not lost an election since 1984. So some might say it's time for a change. And if you're asking how Mr. Takai could run since he lives in California, it's simple. According to the U.S. Constitution, a candidate only needs to live in the state to represent the state. Now, it's the same reason that Mitt Romney, the former governor of Massachusetts, could run for and win the Senate seat from the state of Utah. So George technically could move to Kentucky and run for the seat. And to give George some cross-platform support, Mark Hamill tweeted back, "I'm tempted to move to Kentucky just so I could vote for you." #DitchMitch. Now it's unknown if Mitch has responded to the idea, but I doubt he has the internet. He probably just thinks it's just a series of tubes. Anyway, uh, let's go on to some Marvel news. Now, a Marvel fan has pointed out on Reddit Now that uh, Disney has the rights to the X-Men. Could they go back and retcon Scarlet Witch's origins in the movies? Now, a Marvel fan has pointed out on Reddit that they might have set it up in the Marvel Studios character encyclopedia entry on Scarlet Witch. It mentions that the Mind Stone may have unlocked something. Quote, she might be called Scarlet Witch. But Wanda's powers aren't derived from the occult. Whether it altered her or merely unlocked something later inside Wanda, the Infinity Stone and Loki's scepter bestowed incredible powers of the mind. Wanda's internal neuroelectric interface allows her to conjure blasts of red telekinetic energy. She can also use this energy to create barriers, levitate, and move objects, to communicate and read thoughts by telepathy, and even to manipulate the minds of others. So, did the Mindstone turn on her mutant abilities? I guess we'll have to wait for a definitive answer. Now, could Deadpool be integrated into the MCU sooner rather than later? The site MCU Cosmic says that a reliable source says that Kevin Feige is looking at three options to being to getting Wade Wilson to the MCU: either a new solo film, Deadpool Three a limited series on Disney+, Plus or an appearance in the third Spider-Man movie. All are interesting options. My guess would, of course, lean toward a third Deadpool movie, as that would allow Deadpool to be edgy and Disney would get all the profits. If you remember, they share Spider-Man with Sony Pictures. Now, Tilda Swinton's character, the Ancient One, was an unexpected cameo in Avengers Endgame. In a recent interview with IndieWire, Tilda Swinton revealed that she had to come back to reshoot a scene because they changed the rules of time travel in between the principal photography and the reshoots. Quote, it was a surprise to me too, and it was a pleasure. But what was a real surprise was we shot at it one summer day, and then over a year later I went back to reshoot it because a couple of lines had been changed, a couple of plot points had been changed, and there was a tweaking of my costume. While she didn't elaborate on what exactly the changes were, it's believed that it was about the need to return the stones to their former places in the timeline, or risk dooming the people in those alternate timelines. In other words, a stone in time saves more than nine. Yeah, I'm not sorry for that. Now, Chris Hemsworth is a busy god. This year, he's been Thor in Avengers Endgame, and in a few weeks, he'll be an agent in in the Men in Black in Men in Black International. Hemsworth sat down with Variety for an interview. He told them that he turned down the fourth J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie because, quote, I didn't feel like we landed on a reason to revisit that yet. I didn't want to be underwhelmed by what I was going to bring to the table, unquote. Now, on the subject of Endgame, Hemsworth said that he dubbed himself Lebowski Thor and that originally the script called for Thor to end the film back in fighting shape. But Chris fought to keep his potbelly. Quote, I enjoyed that version of Thor. It was so different than any other way I played the character. And then it took on a life of its own. Physically, it was a good three hours in hair and makeup. Then the prosthetic suit, particularly for the shirt off scene, that was a big silicone that weighed about 90 pounds. It was certainly exhausting. I had weights on my hands and ankles just to have my arms and legs swing differently when I shuffled along through the set. And he got teased by co-stars cool quite, quite a lot, saying, quote, People just kept coming up and cuddling me like a big bear or rubbing my belly like I was pregnant or trying to sell my lap like I was Santa Claus. You get a lot of affection. I felt like an old man, an old grandpa with a bunch of kids around. And then you get sick of it when people come up and grab your belly. Don't grab me like that. I know how my wife felt when strangers would come up and rub her belly. Unquote. His wife is actress and producer Alyssa El- Pat- Pataki. Anyway, uh, there's plenty more in that article to discover, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Marvel's unbeatable Squirrel Girl has been, well, uh... Beaten? Issue number 50 will be the last issue. Good news is that it's not ending because of low sales, but because the creative team believes they've come to the natural conclusion for the story. Series writer Ryan North told AV Club, quote, I'm proud that we got a Squirrel Girl book that ran for 58 issues and an original graphic novel. I'm proud that the character... Became so popular enough to be the core of a cartoon series, Marvel Rising. A novel spin-off series, Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Meets World, and Squirrel Girl 2, Fuzzy 2 Furious. A TV show pilot, New Warriors. But the truth of the matter is that when you're working on a character in a shared universe, you only have a little time with her, and then someone else will take over. It's a little like being a parent and watching your kid go... Off to school for the first time, you've done all you can, and you'll always be in their corner, but now it's up to them. The writer con- continued on all you can do is all you can hope to do, and it's something I hope we've achieved is to leave your mark on the character in some way. I think Doreen Aline Green is a different person now, five years later than she was when we started with her way back when, and I'm so proud of who she is now. The final issue should be out in November. Now, let's have some... Now, let's uh, take a moment and uh, let me tell you about Radio Public. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Multiverse Tonight. You know, one way you can support this show is to listen to it through the Radio Public app every episode of multiverse tonight that is heard through the radio public app for iphone or android means that you can get this podcast and we get a couple of cents in our can find the radio public app in google and itunes app stores and give it a try today thanks me yeah i know i need to record a new commercial i just do but I haven't had time yet, so hopefully by the next episode we'll have a new commercial recorded. You know, and uh, special thanks to uh, Radio Public for uh, that commercial. They they really love it, by the way. Anyway, let's get on with some DC news. Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. Yeah, that's the news that came out of Warner Brothers this past Friday. The 33-year-old British actor, best known for being the vampire love interest in the Twilight film series, Warner Brothers uh, was down to just two actors for the role that was vacated by Ben Affleck. Uh, Robert Pattinson and Nicholas Holt, who uh, stars in the X-Men movie trilogy. But in the end, Pattinson won out. The Matt Reeves helmed The Batman Will begin production shortly and will hit theaters on June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Now, Robert is not my choice, but you know I'm I'm willing to give him a shot. I'm willing to give him a chance. You know you never know. He could be shockingly good. He could be the best Batman of all time, or you know he could be just nothing. So. I'm going to I'm going to give this a shot. So, uh, go, Robert, be the Batman. Keanu Reeves, uh, stars in John Wick three, and it fin- which finally ended the event, the Avengers Endgame run at the top of the box office. But do you remember when Keanu starred in Constantine? The year was two thousand five. And while it wasn't considered a good movie by critics, it did more than double its budget at the box office. Recently, Keanu Reeves, in an interview with Variety, said that he would love to play the role of Constantine again. Quote, I've always wanted to play John Constantine again. I just love that world too, and I love that character. I just had a blast playing the character and playing in that world. Unquote. So, should Keanu make Constantine two? You know he's he's going back right. You know he's made uh, the third Bill and Ted movie. Maybe he should go back and revisit Constantine. You know, you know while he you know while Constantine isn't the sa- you know the same character that's in the uh, DC television universe, it was a good character. I say give it a shot now. On to something else, the Booster Gold movie has made a step forward. And I know what you're saying. Booster Gold movie? Yes. A screenwriter, Zack Stentz, told Revenge of the Fans that his screenplay is finished and has been handed off to director and producer Greg Berlanti. Now, it's all up to Warner Brothers, but he did say that Berlanti was very happy with it. Now, the movie has been in development hell for years now. Perhaps we'll see it sooner... Rather than later, frankly, I think they should make it a buddy comedy, teaming Booster Up with Blue Beetle. You know, maybe or maybe even make it Justice League International. You know, so you have Ice, Fire, and Guy Gardner in there, and you know, make it a big thing. Also, uh, on the movie side, uh, from a mo- from one movie in development hell to one that has a definitive release date. Wonder Woman, 1984. Now, you might be wondering why this specific year of 1984? Director Patty Jenkins revealed to to the Deadline Crew Call podcast that the reason, quote, 1984 itself is definitely very evocative to what's important in that movie and resonates with us right now. It was the pinnacle of the success in the 1980s. Later, she told the host that the seeming excess of that time period and the way the world is now is the reason that that the movie is set there. Very interesting. Now, on the comic books, Batman writer Tom King will be leaving the title by the end of the year, after issue 85. Tom has been writing the comic since the Rebirth relaunch in 2016, cutting and will be cutting short a run that was supposed to stop around issue 105. Now there's no word on why uh, from DC or King, but speculation, speculation points to possible pressure from parent companies Warner Brothers and AT&T. However, King will be able to complete the story he was telling in a 12-issue maxi series called Batwoman slash Catwoman. King will be doing the series uh, with Heroes in Crisis artist Clay Mann. Tom King said, quote, Batman Catwoman is a chance to do what Morrison and Quiley did in *Batwoman* and Batman and Robin. Launch an ambitious, accessible, beautiful, thrilling new series that concludes years of stories and defines what Batman is, can, and will be. This will be a comic about what the best Batman comics are always... ...have always been, been about. How our greatest hero turns fear into bravery, pain into hope, trauma into love. It's the story I always wanted to tell, and I'm telling it with the man I consider to be the greatest artist in comics, my brother Clay Man. It's tough to leave a, to leave Batman. It's a gift and a joy to be on that book, but I'm leaving it to work on the biggest, most ambitious projects of my career... Comics I get to make with the best collaborators in comics, and that's a gift and a joy too. Unquote. Now, this maxi series isn't the only project Tom King is up to. Has eluded, it was announced that he will be co writing the New Gods screenplay with film writer and director Ava DuVernay. King has worked with the New Gods before, having written the award winning run on Mr. Miracle. As of right now, New Gods has no scheduled release date. Now, the next film that does have a scheduled release date will be Joker, which comes out on October 10th. Now, while this is going forward, the animated DC Super Pets animated movie has been pushed back. DC Super Pets had originally been set to be released in theaters on May 2021. Now, it's been pushed back an entire year... To May of twenty twenty two. The film is being directed by Jared Stern, who was the writer of the Lego Ninjago movie and the Lego Batman movie, and Sam Levine and is produced by Patty Hicks. So maybe they you know just wasn't ready for prime time yet, we'll see. Now let's go on to the Geek News. Filmmaker Quentin Tarantino is working on the sequel to Django Unchained, and apparently will be based on a comic book miniseries that teamed Django with Zorro. The screenplay will be co-written by Tarantino with Jared Car- Carmichael, and call, you know, Django, and Zorro, Django and Zorro was written by Tarantino and comic creator Matt Wagner, and was jointly released by DC and Dynamite Entertainment. Dynamite currently publishes comics based on Zorro, while DC had teamed up with Tarantino and his publishing partner, Reginald Hudlin, to adapt the original Django Unchained screenplay into comics for DC. Now, according to Collider, the crossover project is a go, but details are vague. There might be a third writer in the project, and it's unknown if Tarantino is co-writing or just advising on the screenplay. The story on Collider also suggests that Tarantino is unlikely to direct the film himself. Maybe just overseeing and execs producing it? Well, I guess uh, we'll see. Fans of Sonic the Hedgehog were dismayed a few weeks ago when the trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie was released showing a very weird-looking Sonic. Now, news has come of Paramount Pictures that they will be pushing back the movie by three months in order to redesign the character. Following the backlash, director Jeff Fowler said on Twitter, Thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. Sonic was scheduled for this November but will now be out on Valentine's Day 2020, just in time for my birthday. Now, speaking of uh, Paramount Pictures, it has moved up the sequel to its alien horror film, A Quiet Place, up by up two months to March 2020. The movie has not gotten a title yet, but Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, and Noah Jupp are all reprising the roles, and Cillian Murphy is joining the film as well. The original made $340 million at the box office, globally, and won Emily Blunt the Screen Actors Guild Award for Supporting Actress. Warner Brothers has given a release date for its live-action version of Akira. That's being directed by Tiki Watiti and produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's got some big competition. The date they've chosen is May 21st, 2021. Now, its biggest competition on the date is the highly anticipated fourth chapter in the John Wick series. My money is on John Wick. Rotten Tomatoes has decided to shake up their methodology for the audience score for movies. The rating will now only reflect verified moviegoers. The reason for this is simple. They're trying to stymie trolls who review bomb movies that they don't like, star people they don't like, don't subscribe to the worldview, etc. However, right now, the only way to have your rating count toward the audience score is to buy your ticket through Fandango. The company, which is part of NBCUniversal, owns 75% of Rotten Tomatoes as well. Fandango insists that this is not meant to drive a business to Fandango knowing that it has deals with AMC, Regal, and Cinemark theaters to participate in the the system and that it will happen sometime later this year. Now, frankly I think that shows a bit of bad faith not to launch this uh, change with those other theaters already ready to take part in it. But, you know, It's not my company. Hulu has greenlit an adaptation of Nathan Bellingrood's North American Lake Monsters. The short story collection will be made into an as-of-yet untitled series. The show will be an anthology with a first season consisting of eight episodes where natives of Louisiana encounter vampires, fallen angels, and other monsters that force the humans to re-examine their broken lives. The series will be headed up by Mary Laws, who will serve as both executive producer and writer, and it will be produced by Annapurna T- Anna TV. Now, while we're on the subject, the Disney Channel-controlled Hulu and the British Channel ITV are bringing us Zomboot. The British-made comedy it will air first on ITV in the fall before going to Hulu and stars Leah Bro- Bro- Brotherhead, Ham- Hamza Gitoa. Ryan Ke- McKeon and Kara Thebold, Theobald and tells the story of a group of people surviving the zombie apocalypse in Burnham, England, Birmingham, England while fleeing in a canal boat. That yeah, sounds interesting. Although, kind of makes you wonder if we're tired of zombies. Anyway, how about a quick round of trailers? First up, Terminator Dark Fate. two days ago, I had this nice, simple life, and now it's a nightmare. If travel is searching, and home has been found, I'm not stopping. are you My name is Sarah Connor. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. How do we win? We win... ...by keeping you alive. I'm going hunting. Well, you know, Terminator is not my thing, but, you know, that did look action-packed. You know, why is there always plenty of roads for them to drive on with no, with hardly any traffic? And uh, it's also uh, interesting to see uh, grandma looking Sarah Connor. Um, yeah. And you, you've got Tim Miller and James Cameron backing this. so It'll be interesting to see how it does. Now, uh, let's go uh, a little bit opposite to Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. is a riskless the darkening corrupts everything it touches what is the darkening behold Now uh, that comes to Netflix in August on August 30th. Um, I like it. You know, I am I am a fan of Jim Henson's Dark Crystal. You know, it was, it was it was one of those you know weird things I saw as a child way back when. I even have it on DVD. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they how you know this will be a series, not just a movie. So it'll be interesting to see how. How, they, how this uh, does in this day and age. Now, uh, one final one. Disney Pixar, of course, they have to have a new movie, and this one is called Onward. down. Oh, Sorry, God. I didn't get a chance to walk her. Oh, bad dragon. Back to your lair. Come, dear brother. Our destiny awaits. Okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. I see you've brought sustenance for our adventure. No, it's garbage for the trash can, and you left the lid off. Oh, shoot. Get out of here. Shoot, get Ugh, unicorns. We're going on a grand and glorious quest. It's not a quest. It's just a really fast and strange errand. It's totally a quest. Now, that uh, also looked very interesting. Um, for those of you who are listening to this, you know, of course, you couldn't see it, but this is a world. Uh, think, you know, fairy tale creatures, elves, trolls, unicorns, dragons, and such that live in a modern life like we live. So you had unicorns eating out of the garbage. You had a lawn, an actual lawn gnome, a gnome who mows the lawn. You had a mermaid in a in a uh, in a kitty uh, kitty pool, just you know hanging out. And it looks like uh, our main character is a uh, is an elf who's going on a quest with his friend for some reason. And of course, this is a this is a teaser trailer, so we don't have a full story on this yet. But it looks good, you know, just like everything from Pixar. Current James Bond actor, Daniel Craig, is on the injured list. After having minor ankle surgery to fix an injury, he sustained on the set of Bond Number no. 25, which is filming in Jamaica. This news comes from the official Bond Twitter account, and it also says that production will continue while he is recuperating, and that the film will meet its April 2020 release date. Quote, Bond 25 update, Daniel Craig will be undergoing minor ankle surgery, resulting from an injury sustained during filming in Jamaica. Production will continue whilst Craig is rehabilitating for two weeks post-surgery. The film remains on track for the same release date of April 8th of 2020. We wish uh, Mr. Craig a speedy recovery. We end with some good news for a change. Congratulations are in order to the Orville co stars, Adrian Policki and Scott Grimes. They tied the knot and shared that moment on Twitter. Adrian posted, quote, Last night was truly amazing. I am so grateful for all the friends and family who made a trip to celebrate with us, and to all of you for the kind words. Pelicke's former co star, Ming Na Wen, attended the ceremony and posted on Instagram, quote, What a magical night in Austin, Texas, yesterday! Not only have I had the great fortune to work with Adrian and Scott, but I also have am so lucky to have them as my friends. They're beautiful inside and out. And when Scott started tearing up as his gorgeous bride walked down the aisle, my heart welled up and my insides turned to mush. mush. Congrats. Unquote. So again, congrats to the happy couple, and we look forward to season three of the Orville this winter after foot, the football season is over. And that brings us to the end of another show now be sure to check us out on social media now be sure to check us out on social media we're at twitter at multiverse tom and on facebook and instagram as well and uh, if you'd like to contribute some money please visit mtpodcast.com to go to our coffee uh, or patreon pages and be sure to visit multi-universetonight.com to check out the affiliate marketplace links, the link to our T Public Store, show notes, and so much more. And if you're a subscriber, please be sure to share us with your friends. And uh, if you, uh, and if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us with some feedback and let us know how we're doing. Special thanks to Shane Ivers for our brand new intro music, and uh, to Lobo Loco for our outro theme music. Thanks for watching Multi Multi Universe Tonight. We'll be back in two weeks with two new shows. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multi Universe Tonight is a production of Half Big Genre Production. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Any trailers used in the show are properties of their their respective studios. Their rights also reserved. Good night.